from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 19th, 2012, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, alive and well, back from the Middle East. And Mai's back from, from Middle America, Minnesota. That is true. Right. Here in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Thank you. Uh, yeah, also I'm back in, from hi. vacation. <laughs> from the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. from the Midwest. Not we the have Middle the Mideast and the Midwest. <laughs> it's, it's not, I don't think it's called the Mideast, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> well, the Middle East. Yeah, a little different. Um, uh, you know, educated listeners will know what I was referring to. Uh, <laughs> They'll get it. We uh, have brief stuff, you know. Uh, also uh, here, uh, Cal- the, the sick and recovering with lozenges, Calvin Keerley. I watched some episodes of Malcolm in the Middle recently, so that's my middle tie. Uh, tie Malcolm in. in the Mid. Like in the Malcolm in the Middle East? Yeah, I don't think it's called the Middle West. Yeah, the, the cool kids call it Malcolm in the Mid, just like we call it Apps and Certs. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and one big change here on the podcast what? We have a partner, a sponsor. Oh. On the audible.com line from Loverland, Virginia. Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. I hope to make this uh, this worth Audible's money. <laughs> uh, you sound more audible. I mean, you do sound pretty good. You sound good. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. Audible.com is uh, is partnered with us this month. To give away a free audiobook to listeners of the relevant podcast. What? Yeah. It makes a ton of sense, actually. Who, you know, people who listen to our podcast are um, people who uh, listen while they're working or they have commutes and things like that. And, and why not also fill the time? You know, people complain we're only one day a week, right? So why not fill the other four uh, of the work week with, with uh, books? So. Audiobooks are a great thing, especially for people who listen to podcasts. And so this partnership makes a ton of sense. We're really excited about it. So uh, they have at audible.com, if you don't know, they have over 100,000 titles. I mean, they have everything. And for listeners of our podcast, I mean, they have books by Francis Chan and Tim Keller, the, the brand new one by Brian McLaren, who was just on a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. They've got them all there. There's a specific link, though, you have to use uh, to take advantage of the, the relevant partnership. It's audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. So it's, it's for a free audiobook from audible.com if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. You can try Thanks, Audible. Audible. <clears throat> yeah, you can try Audible free for 30 days, too, without signing up for And it. you get the free book. And you get the free book. Hmm. So yeah. check it out. It's a great deal. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, on, the, on, on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snape. I, uh, too, am free for 30 days. Oh. oh. Yeah. Just throwing that out Wait, there. really? No. So I don't have to... P- no. Because <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a win-win for you. Audible is now sponsoring the podcast, and you don't have to pay me for 30 days. Yay! <laughs> the podcast is making loads of money. <laughs> for the first time in seven years. <laughs> I thought you guys would have a, more of a tan. Because we're in the desert, right? We're in the desert, yeah. We actually, actually, we did spend time in the actual desert, the Negev Desert. Um, 
we we did a lot of stuff. Uh, if you followed either of us on on uh, Instagram, you saw. Which I didn't. Yeah, thanks for that. By the way, <laughs> I did. I thought it was interesting. Karen's like, "Do you follow me?" I'm like, "Oh no." She was asking me. She was asking me, "Did you do this and that?" And I'm like. Well, yeah, I was sending pictures of those <laughs> yeah, things. Li- listeners around the world were, were well informed about your itinerary, but not Maya. Yeah. <laughs> she had no clue what we were doing. Uh, Chad and I were there with uh, Roxanne <laughs> Weeman, our, our editor at large. Uh, we also took Don Miller, best-selling author Don Miller, my pastor, Isaac Hunter, a screenwriter and professor, Bobette Buster uh, from, from USC. She's worked with Pixar and a bunch of places. Um, and we went over there uh, to look at Peacemaking. And we're working on a cover story for our January issue, so you'll hear a lot more about what we found out, um, what we saw, and what we experienced then. Uh, Chad went because we uh, were producing video and audio content, which also will deploy when the issue comes out, so we have a lot of stories to tell. But um, it it was a great week. We were there for eight days. We had a packed itinerary. I mean, we... We were time? going hard. Yeah, we, we met with Israeli government leaders. We met with uh, leaders from the PLO. Mm. We went down to the Gaza Strip border. That was the only time I felt unsafe. Did you feel unsafe, Chad? Yeah, a little bit, but I was glad that I had my AK-47 with me. <laughs> it made me feel a lot safer. Thankfully, you were armed to the teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If no, you, no, really, that was the only time that I felt I a felt little, like, because you realize that within five minutes, like, everything could change. And you would have no warning. Oh, and not we were even walking five up, minutes. and they're just like, "So here's the bomb shelter. Uh, if you hear a siren, you need to go in here. You need to lay down." And they were dead serious. Was it, there ever any wow. one of those moments where like people in like uh, uniforms come up to you and like angrily ask you for your papers? Your papers? Where are your papers? No, I don't know. Do you I, do you have them? You have? Where are your papers? Well, no, that's the, only in Arizona. At the air, at the airport. No, Arizona. <laughs> at the airport, they did. <laughs> the the opener, the video opener that we taped for the digital issue, the iPad issue for January, was on the Gaza Strip border. And um, the wall in front of us um, was the wall for keeping people from coming over. And that's one with robotic gun turrets that they, they control remotely. And so they can shoot people who are trying to scale the wall and stuff. There was massive turrets, barbed wire everywhere. There was army jeeps in front of us and all that stuff. The wall behind us was the uh, the wall to stop the snipers that would uh, be going after the village that was near the wall. Right. Yeah, like- so we were in front of the sniper wall up on a hill. So there's also a hill on the other side. So the wall's down kind of in a valley in between two hills. Okay. So we were up on a hill overlooking the Gaza Strip. So you can see behind me on the video shoot the city of Gaza's. It is the most densely populated um, territory in the world. There's 1.6 million people in, the, in this little tiny sliver. I mean, it's three and a half miles wide by 10 miles long. Mm. Wow. 1.6 wow. million people. It's incredibly densely populated. Wow. Totally cut off. They have underground tunnels to Egypt to be able to get like food and so stuff into it. The only way that it exists is that the UN, USAID, and other humanitarian organizations are like providing food and stuff. 70% of the people are receiving assistance. Gosh. And uh, so anyway, so they're desperate. They're choked. And then, so out of desperation, guess what happens? Radicals and violence. And the village, the Israeli village that we visited right there on the border, uh, over the course of a couple months last summer, was hit by 10,000 rockets. Or ten, I'm sorry, 10,000 rockets were shot at it. Mm-hmm. They're very crude rockets. They can't, like, aim them. Mm-hmm. So they end up, like, hitting trees and, like, you know, whatever. So there's not a lot of lives lost. But, like, it's a regular occurrence. Right. The lady said every day we met with this little grandma who's trying to, like, work on peace in the area. Somebody who's been shot at 
you know, for years. She said yeah. literally every day the the bomb the the sirens will go off. And she, when she's there with her grandkids walking around, she has to be within 15 seconds of a bomb shelter. Like, just walking around, going to the playgrounds, walking to school. The schools are a bomb shelter. The mm-hmm. entire school, the kindergartens, things like that. It's crazy, the, the, the reality of their lives. And, um, and, and you think about, you know, what's going on on the other side. Well, anyway, we're there shooting. and Shooting cameras. Yeah. Let me just, <laughs> Not right. Let me just yeah. clarify that. So you weren't joining in. We're right. shooting cameras. <laughs> Canon cameras. You were like, well, they won't notice anyway. <laughs> so there was like six of us, you know, but we had this massive red bus. Massive red bus. We went out and parked the bus at the top of this hill. So it's like, hi, snipers. Big red tourist bus. When you're right. at the budget rental, rental car place and you're like, hey, could we get something kind of nondescript? So <laughs> we just want to blend in, you know? Like There's maybe. only six of us. Well, that was the thing. We, we, we ordered one of these things that it's like, you know, 15 passenger van size, but the but the company didn't have it or was in the shop or something. So they gave us a big luxury tour bus that seats like 50. And has so, Wi-Fi on it. Yeah, it was Wi-Fi on board and stuff all week. And so, like, we had literally with our two our two guides and the six of us on the trip, eight of us total. We had like a fifty passenger bus, which is pretty nice a lot of the time. Until you go to the the one hill in Gaza where the snipers target and mm-hmm. you're alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it was also a bad day to wear my big American flag T shirt, <laughs> right. your Bruce Springsteen shirt, right? Yeah. And so and so, uh, Chad, we're, we're, Chad's wearing a sleeveless American flag T-shirt and, <laughs> and tight blue jeans, red bandana sticking out the pocket. Yeah, yeah. What? he had shaved in a week. Yeah. <laughs> so we're there and we're trying to get photos and stuff. And 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 the group, the ladies, telling us, "Group, you got, you got to stay together. We can only be here a minute. We don't have much time. We got to go." You know. Well, I knew that this was the one spot. This is our last day there. This is the last day. We we're flying out late that night. Is I had to get an opener for the iPad issue. We had to introduce the issues that we we're going to be talking about, the stories we we're going to tell. And so Chad and I were trying to shoot. Well, we didn't want to like leave the group, but this is like one take. Now, I've been doing this podcast for five years, but when I have to lay down stuff, I usually do like five takes, and Chad just helps me not sound like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have that luxury with video. So, so Chad, like, Go, you know, and I have the mic and 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 and, and the whole group's standing around us. So like Don Miller <laughs> standing there, my pastor's watching me, and I can't I can't do it. I'm like, can y'all leave, please? And they were like, well, we're just trying to look at God, so, you know. So then Chad and I run off by ourselves, right? So either this is brilliant because the red bus is going to get targeted, and Chad and I are yeah. off on our own safe, sure. or hey, we could pluck those two idiots off right. and not, you know. So we were there, kind of isolated, very vulnerable. You know, trying to get this video. So either the video is going to be incredibly gripping and like you get both of us at this point because the group's like, we got to go, we got to go. And both of us are feeling kind of like, honestly, for the first time, a little scared. Mm-hmm. So either like the, the, the energy and emotion of the moment's <laughs> going to come through or this is going to be an incomprehensible mess. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just like envisioning like the handheld Blair Witch Project type of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> just Cameron's in a yeah, corner. It's, not, like, it's daytime, but for some reason, Chad has the green night vision. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm fumbling here. <laughs> good thing. Good thing they call you one take Shrank. Yeah. 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 Good old one take. Shrank. Right, well, that's actually all I got. So again, <laughs> either this is gonna be great and honest and real, or did, it's gonna be like, well, that's why he has Chad, an editor. Did Chad get? Some um, like just the background so that he can do a green screen of you in front of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, good idea. <laughs> if yeah. Need be. I'll call the Israeli government and be like, hey, do you have any footage of Gaza you can send our way? <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, like Mount Rushmore's behind me. <laughs> yeah. and like, Wait, what? <laughs> um, Touring the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it was amazing. We we um we we spent time with church leaders. Uh, the guy who founded Bethlehem Bible College. We went to the only Christian village in the West Bank, Taipei, which is the biblical Ephraim. Um, it has a uh, brewery there, the only brewery in Palestine. Um, oh, by the way, when we, okay, I'm just going to say something. When we left uh, the last podcast, I said, "Hey, we're not going to have a normal show next week." Chad and I are going to Israel and Palestine. Mm-hmm. I got an eight thousand word email from a listener in Norway. Eight thousand words. Who said? I counted them. I can't believe you said Palestine as though it's a legitimate company <gasps> or country equal to Israel. You know, it said the word Palestine. Oh. Da, 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 da. Went on all this reason why politically and politically and all this stuff. And that's a view that's held by a lot of people. Yeah. I would like to say, re-entering the U.S. on your immigration documents, it says, what countries did you visit on your trip? I wrote Israel. Actually, in the back of my mind, this listener's email was there. It's like, oh, maybe it's just the Palestinian territory. It's the occupied territories. Sure, yeah. It's the Palestinian people. But maybe Pal- you know, Palestine's not a real country. It's, all the- it's an occupied territory by Israel, right? So I just wrote Israel. And the guy, as I'm going through immigration, grilled me about my itinerary. Where'd you go? I said Haifa, and, uh, da 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 da, Ramallah, and Taipei, and Bethlehem, and you know, uh, down near Gaza, and <laughs> Jerusalem, and you know, everywhere. We went everywhere. And he goes, "You went into the West Bank." And I go, "Well, yeah." And he goes, "Then you were in Palestine, and on immigration papers, you must list the country of Palestine on your journey." Oh, so I had to write really? Israel, comma Palestine. Interesting. He made our entire tr- our entire group change our documentation. Wow. So in the eyes of the U.S. government, it is a is a recognized country that you have to list. For us, the whole thing, you know, uh, we're, we're not going to train. We're not trying to change anybody's mind about dispensationalism or whether you know uh, the, the theology of the land of Israel or the secular state of Israel mm-hmm. or the nation of Israel. We're not going to try and. That's not the point of our article. Right. Point of our article is that as Christians, we have a vested interest in, in seeing peace in the Holy Land. We have a vested interest. It's the cradle of our faith. Um, and, and really, the, this little area the size of New Jersey is the tipping point for the entire Middle East. Um, a lot of the, the extreme Arab nations that hate Israel are because of some of the human rights violations and, you know, kind of... Uh, occupying issues of how the conflict has not been resolved between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And if a peaceful resolution can be reached, it really will change the tenor of the entire Middle East, which is, as we know, like erupting right now. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, Syria is going crazy and it's reached Damascus now. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's inflamed the entire region. So the world powers have a vested interest in seeing peace in the Middle East. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers, the peacemakers. And so we feel as Christians, it's our duty to be advocates of human life and dignity and peace. And so this is an issue we can't ignore. And uh, one of the recurring themes that we kept hearing is we cannot afford the luxury of ignorance anymore. Mm. And that's really going to be the theme of what we do in all the stories we tell. Uh, the Christian church, FYI, is predominantly in the West Bank and in the occupied territories. I mean, it's been there for 2,000 years, you know. Bethlehem is a Christian city. Um, but uh, 100 years ago, Christians made up about 25% of the Palestinian people, and now it's 2%. Christianity is 2% of the uh, the Palestinian people. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And, and it's a diminishing, it's a diminishing uh, situation because... Um, the Christians that are there, I mean, are, are incredibly persecuted. Um, the, the, 
the Jewish people don't want them there, and um, obviously the uh, Muslim extremists don't want them there, and they are the most forgotten church in the world. Um, but they're there. They've been there 2,000 years. There's ministries there. There's a lot of uh, traditional, liturgical, Greek Orthodox type churches, mm-hmm. uh, but there are evangelical churches as well. Uh, Sammy Awad and uh, Bethlehem Bible College and other evangelical ministries are there. Um, they're native Palestinians, and um, there's a lot that we can do as the church to um, be light in the darkness over there. Well, real quick, when does the issue come out? January? Yeah, January, February. We have an agenda. We do. Blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> and we can't afford the luxury of ignorance anymore. And we need to talk about this. We need to explore this. And that's our agenda. And uh, it's going to be fun. So we got back yesterday. So uh, did you, how'd you yeah. sleep last night? I slept great um, until I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, well, I'm ready to start my day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's six hours ahead. Yeah. So, By like 5 o'clock this afternoon, I'm going to be like ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Let's get rolling. Um, we have a great podcast for you today. Uh, coming up later, we talk to a great new worship band, the Royal Royal. And, uh, and Jesse made a game. Since Chad and I were gone, Jesse played I did. Game for I us. did. I, sp- I spent pretty much the entirety of the 12 days constructing this game. So <laughs> I hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't get cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at first, your entertainment releases, uh, not much coming out. Not much coming out at all. Taken three? No, not yet. Music coming out on <laughs> Tuesday, October 23rd. Bebo Norman's coming out with Lights of Different Cities. And. Only one other thing, our pick of the week, Bat for Lashes with the Haunted Man. To that lonely song, you're the train that crashed my heart. You're the glitter in the dark aura. You're more than a superstar. And in this horror show, Haunted Man, uh, appropriate considering it's the week before Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be a haunted man. Yeah, yeah it's like literally just you. You're yeah, haunted. just like with the one yeah. guy. <laughs> like apparently those ghost stories are true, but just for this one guy, and he's just this haunted man. He's always paranoid. Yeah. Hey, a bunch of us are going out tonight. You want to invite Calvin? No, he's no. he's the haunted man. You know Calvin's haunted, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like being out at night with him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> see, I, I picture the haunted man. I would picture it being like the plot of a wacky Don Knotts movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I don't think it'd be that bad. I think it'd be oh, pretty it'd be comical, comical at times. <laughs> it's like the knocking lamps over and stuff. Well, what'd you do that for? I don't know. How does what? Don Knotts yeah. talk? I don't remember. That's close. It wasn't that's pretty, that's pretty, oh, It wasn't that. I'll just do. I'll just. I just imagine he talks like Bob Dylan. I'll just do everything like Bob Dylan. <laughs> uh, movie releases coming out on Friday, October 26th. Cloud Atlas with Tom Hanks and Halle Berry. I can't wrap my head around I'm it. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I, I was going to read the book because I heard good things about it, but then I saw the movie was coming out and I was like, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I might see the movie and that would probably ruin the book reading experience. Yeah, that's how I feel about Great Expectations. <laughs> so you have that's how I feel about I'm most. Waiting, I'm waiting for that in 3D IMAX. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's honestly why I never uh, finished reading the Twilight series. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever start? <laughs> no, I'm just oh. I was like, "What? We have something in common, Jesse?" <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> 
Uh, also coming out, Silent Hill, colon, Revelation 3D. Revenge Sean. of the Lycans. <laughs> Featuring the Haunted Man. Silent colon. Oh, Silent Hill colon. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you have a silent colon, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually pretty, that's pretty good. Pretty good. That's what we all I aspire would to. Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. For a change. Oh. Uh, for a change. Uh, and I mean, last, being and, the haunted man and all. And last, uh, lastly, Chasing Mavericks, starring jo- John Weston, Gerald Butler, and Elizabeth Shue. All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. This podcast is brought to you by Seattle University School of Theology and Ministry. Five master's degrees and five professional certificates for a more just and humane world. Transformational leadership, spirituality, counseling, and more. Check out seattleu.edu slash STM for more info. You're listening to Benjamin Gibbard song is bigger than love all right time for slices what do you have jesse uh i have i have a a quick twofer because uh they both are quick but they're both related um one of these uh happened in florida that authorities released a picture uh, of (laughs) the picture is a of a woman riding a manatee out in the wild Yes. I really? Did. And they, they circulated this picture uh, because they said, you know, uh, you know, we need to find this individual because this is against the law. Uh, which, one, who knew there was a law against riding manatees? <laughs> Apparently I, I mean, I, I would think that, y- you know, if you can catch one a- a- and mount it, you should be free to ride it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last time I checked, this is America. <laughs> right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, it's easy to c- catch one because they move so slowly. They're like the snails of the water. And mounting it is just basically like climbing onto a platform. They don't well, move. Well, then why don't more people ride them? Because it's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. We have a law-abiding society. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I thought that we had freedom in this country. This isn't, you know, a Soviet bloc country. Sorry. I thought we could ride manatees. And so did the woman, the 52-year-old woman, uh, Anna Gloria Garcia Gatorez. She said she wasn't aware that riding a manatee was against the law. And after she saw the picture of herself being circulated on the local news, she turned herself in and she, she apologized. She was uh, given a misdemeanor. Um, but there's a quote in this story from a manatee expert uh, from the U.S. Geological Survey that said, it's a wild animal. It is not something to be ridden. I can't say that as a biologist. I would ever condone that or say that the manatee wanted them to do that. Well, agree to disagree there, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> because last time I checked, you can't communicate with manatees. And how do you know they don't want to be ridden? That's true. She has no idea. You know, I mean, we don't know. We don't know that the manatee didn't think it was awesome, too. I think any animal in the wild that if you can commandeer it, you should be able to ride it. Go for it. What, 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 what would another one be that, that, that isn't common to be commandeered and ridden, but could or should be? Sea oh, turtles? Uh, sea turtles? Oh, they the go big, deep. You would die. You would drown. Ones. 
Just at again, first. if like, you can do it. The sea, the manatees are are mammals, so they've got to stay, stay up stay near the, the surface. The surface. Good point. Yeah. Um, well, why, here's a question: Why is it legal to ride some animals and not others? Hmm. Like well, like horse? let's say a horse or an ostrich, you're allowed to ride those. <laughs> are you <laughs> allowed to wear ostriches or ride them? <laughs> I would assume. If I'm I mean, just, I've seen pictures of people doing it. If I'm in a country would, where there's I would ostriches, assume they're doing it lawfully. So if I'm visiting Africa and I happen to see an ostrich walking down the street, I'm just jumping on that thing. Nobody yeah. thinks twice about well, it. Let me say this before any users book a ticket to Africa to ride an ostrich. I'm not well acquainted with international law, uh, particularly when it comes to riding animals. But I have seen pictures on the internet of people riding ostrich. And I don't think all those people are – I don't think they would post pictures of themselves doing it if it were illegal. I'm just saying where's the line here with riding animals? I would think a, man, a manatee is big enough that it seems to be fair game. It doesn't seem like you're going to injure the manatee by just going for a little ride on it. Well, have you seen manatees? They have all those scratches on their skin. So you think it's just from people holding on too tight, yeah. Going, yeah. going on joy rides to the marsh. Yeah. <laughs> like, ease up, man. I don't mind giving the ride, but come on. <laughs> well, in a related story, um, if, if you really want to have the manatee riding experience uh, but don't want to be in violation of federal law protecting uh, this animal, in my opinion, unnecessarily. A New Zealand businessman may have the answer for you because he has in, uh, invented a new vehicle um, that is part ATV, part jet ski, and that when it's on the water, I imagine it's somewhat similar to riding a manatee. Um, this vehicle will be released in the United States uh, in the next month, and it literally is an ATV that when you ride it into the water, it turns into a jet ski. Awesome. It's one of the coolest vehicles I've ever seen. It's called the Quad Ski. Uh, it's an all-terrain vehicle and a personal watercraft. It'll only cost you $40,000. Uh, and, and again, I'm that not going to tell it. users what to do with their money, but if they need to get a line of credit, if they need to get a second mortgage on their home, I think we all need to own one of these bad boys. So, so a normal jet ski will run you what? Twelve, ten, eight thousand, eight thousand, eight thousand. Yeah. Uh, a normal ATV quad that'd run you what? Another eight, probably. Sure. So you're in it for sixteen grand. Yeah. Or you could combine them and pay forty. Mm-hmm. And but but you can ride right into the water it's and just turn it. Yeah. You're yeah. on it. That's that's what I'm saying. It's that's only double. <laughs> it's only double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying when we were in the Middle East, everything was about double. I needed to buy an external hard drive. Here it would have been about seventy bucks. It was one forty. Everything's about double. So, so just put yourself in the mindset that you're traveling and things are about it's, double exactly. the cost. Just put, it's all a matter of perspective, right. isn't it? Everything's about it's, double. Everything's relative. Right. I think. It's, I mean, tomato, tomato, jet I mean, ski, personal watercraft, quad ski, amphibian. Well, vehicle. here's the question: How much fun are you going to have? You can have twice as much fun on this vehicle. Then it's. I'll then the value goes up exponentially. Right yeah, there. so right there, it's a, from a value proposition, if you have twice as much fun, you pay twice as much. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this, at the bare minimum, you're having $40,000 worth of fun. I mean, they, they, they're cheaper than the, the rocket jetpack thing, yeah, the, that's the water the, thing. The, the $200,000 or $100,000? Yeah, I could, buy, I could buy a couple of these and go four-wheeling and jet skiing with my buddies. I like it. If I, wasn't, if I was a professional athlete... I wouldn't waste my t I wouldn't waste money on like Bentleys and like luxury items. I would just have the coolest toys in the world and a whole garage full of these things. Yeah, and and, and that would make me not be forced to ride manatees. 
So <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I mean, why would I ride a manatee if so, I got it? So what you're saying is the the manatee conservationists really need to be advocating for the purchasing of quad jet skis. I think it's their only rational move at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they've, the, they've already passed these, you know, uh, communist laws preventing us from riding them. So I think the bare minimum they can do is advocate quad skis. <laughs> okay, good. What do you have, Maya? Uh, well, before the podcast, we were talking how uh, Jesse recently ran... Uh, a marathon. No, a 5K. I'm sorry, a 5K. <laughs> a 5K, <laughs> big difference. Jesse more credit than he actually did. <laughs> a 5K for breast cancer awareness. Yeah. We're very I proud did. of him. Correct. Uh, Jesse, what kind of shoes did you wear for that? Uh, I, I actually wore an loafers. old pair of... Uh, yeah, I, I wore... Uh, <laughs> penny yeah, loafers. Penny loafers. Specifically. <laughs> Spare, Sperry Topsiders. <laughs> Manatee skin uh, boots. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, I wore just like a, a pair of uh, old Nikes. Okay. Well, uh, recently a man ran a marathon, uh, the Baltimore, Baltimore Marathon. Uh, he ran it in two hours and 46 minutes, which is really good, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Well, he did this in flip-flops. No way. He did. He ran it in flip-flops. Were his feet bleeding by the end of it? They were yeah, that sounds like, a t- like just between the toes alone. Like, that sounds like just pure agony. Yeah, he said it rubbed skin away, but he didn't get any blisters. He said his feet hurt a little bit more, and his quads hurt a little more than normally would. Um, but he did it, and it was a um, Guinness World Book of Records. That's why he did it. I well, would think so. Yeah. He, he could run it in slippers, and it would be a world record. I mean, it's like probably. things other than sneakers on your feet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Tissue boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boxes. I mean, it's not like a, a record that people have like are going after. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing about world records. It's like I can invent a record. Yeah. It's like no, no, no one has ever screamed at full volume in my house every day in a row for a year. <laughs> so that's a Guinness world record. record. That's a world record right there, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's really I, I own lots of them when it comes to my own home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, they're just house records that are posted <laughs> on, a, on a piece of cardboard. For the uh, next owner. Living. For the next yeah, owner. For the next yeah. owner. So uh. Good luck beating this. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, at, at significant cost to myself, published a book. Glossy pictures of myself doing these records. (laughs) Standing on one foot in every room of the house. (laughs) One time time I ate a dozen and a half eggs in my kitchen. (laughs) Another house record in the books. Were they they hard-boiled at least? Oh, yeah, they were hard-boiled. Okay, good. I watched the entire season of Fear Factor season two on DVD, one sitting, House record. Wearing flip flops. Yeah, I, yeah. I was wearing. I was wearing actually tissue boxes on my feet too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, he uh, he came in twenty ninth out of three thousand twenty four people. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable in flip flops. He's obviously a runner. Um, he said the farthest he'd ran before the race was fourteen miles in flip flops. In that kind of part of the training, like you, I, I've never run something like that, but. In part of normal training, you don't actually run the full length very much beforehand, do you? You don't you do like a lot of like 14s and 20s and then... Yeah. I think that's right. Right, yeah. You don't ever run the full thing. I think you get higher than 14, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe with the flip-flop, you know, it's different. Th- he, this obviously has been tried before because there was... Uh, he had to follow rules by the Guinness 
um, record people. Really? Yeah. Like if it had fallen off, he had to run back and get it, but he, they never fell off his feet. He was able to run the whole time. Um, but asked if he would do it again. He said, no way. But, okay. <laughs> there you go. No way. No way, no how. End of story. Well, I was just writing him an email asking if he would do it again. So <laughs> it just, I, will, I will delete it. Save it to drafts. Jesse, you, when you lived here in Orlando, you ran a marathon in a business suit once. I'm sorry, you yeah, ran that, a five. Yeah. Five, five yeah. Why do you that, keep that, promoting I, him? I keep wanting to get Jesse just running marathons left and right. I, I, uh, I, I did. Uh, and it wasn't so much the distance uh, that, that it was the heat. Like I sweated through. I was wearing a, 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 like a shirt, a tie, <laughs> like, a, like a vest and a jacket. And I sweat all the way through the jacket. What, why, why again? What? There was re- it wasn't really a reason. I think it was. It wasn't like I, a Halloween or anything, was it? Like no, I think it was out? like some kind of corporate run. I think was the name of it. Like <laughs> so, so, the corporate five k. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh, this would be really funny if I dressed up like. Or, and sure. and the idea I forgot to to bring it, but was to care <laughs> to have a coffee mug, like I was drinking <laughs> and looking down at my watch the whole time. <laughs> Going, oh no, oh, I'm so late for this meeting. No, you know, <laughs> I forgot that and just ran it in suit. But I went to the grocery store after, like all sweaty in like this business suit. And I'm just like looking at people like, man, what a night. <laughs> like, just look like death. You know what I mean? Because you get over and it's still, it's like 8 30 in the morning, you know? Right. Well, and, and it was like on a Saturday, so it's like, oh man, you would not believe what happened after happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just, just saying, you could um, do a little research and see if anyone's run a marathon in a you know in a business suit or a half marathon, and um, just maybe go for that record, Jesse. I think I just think you should be in the Guinness <laughs> World Rec- Record. Yeah, I think I can find some something to yeah. or to invent. Yeah. Right. Cool. What do you have, Calvin? Well, I had the woman writing a manatee story. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I'm Did sorry. you have a list? No, I had no list. Uh. But uh, so I was frantically trying to find something interesting. Uh, I did find this story, which I think is interesting. <laughs> so success. Uh, a nursery school teacher, Melanie Minnie, she crammed 19 of her students, 19 kids, into her hatchback for a class trip. It was caught. And there's is it a gas world record record? Yeah, was she going <laughs> for a record or for just a matter of convenience? I don't think it was a record on purpose, but I'm sure it is. Wait, what country was this in? Let's see here. Um, no, it's in South Africa. Okay. So she was a, a nursery school teacher in South Africa. She took 19 students. Now, when n- nursery school is like pre preschool. I mean, these are babies, the little kids. toddlers. Mm, toddlers. She could fit definitely. 19 in. Okay. Yeah, um, in South Africa, took 19 students on a class trip to a local burger joint. This was like written in the fifties, um, <laughs> but uh, t- for some malts, <laughs> yeah, some malts, maybe for a sock hop. <laughs> but to get them there, she packed the group into her tiny hatchback. So here's how she accomplished it: nineteen kids in her tiny Renault Clio. Do you know that hatchback? I've heard of a Renault. My dad had a Renault. Hmm. Not not good cars. Broke down a lot. So here's here's the math. I don't know if you want to keep track at home. Three on the front seat. Okay. Six in the back. Okay. Sorry, six in the hatch. Okay. So that's the, the far back, right? The yeah. back window. Okay. And at least 10 more in the back, the back seat. Okay. Um, so, she, so basically she was driving on the street and someone took a picture of her. Um, and concerned, <laughs> they, uh, they informed the authorities. She was fined $175. No, 100, 1,500 rand. 
I don't know that currency. <laughs> you don't know the, yeah. A little less than $175. The exchange rate of the rand. <laughs> the exchange rate of the rand. I'm not sure exactly how that qualifies right now. But um, I thought that that was interesting. So I, I came up with two. <laughs> I, I have two solutions real quick before you give your two. Uh, One, 19 quad skis. So, two, well, hold on. assuming there's water connecting destination A and B, 19 manatees. Since my manatee <laughs> slice was co-opted. So your, your, your solution, Jesse, is to stick a toddler on its own quad ski. I think that's perfect. Because I a swarm think- of 19 toddler-driven quad skis <laughs> seems way safer. But, he, uh, but, but, but real there. quick, hear me out. What's the worst that could happen if the toddler's driving the, water, the quad ski? Oh, no, you're heading into the river. Oh, wait, it's a quad ski. No big deal. You're fine. <laughs> you're totally fine. It's quad ski. I pay double. In case this happens, anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, for the safety, you yeah. pay more for a Volvo because it's I mean, safer. So you we're pay dealing more. With children here, I, I spare no expense. <laughs> Just hopefully you can get to a burger joint oh, on a Jesse. waterway somehow. <laughs> so it made me think of the top two <laughs> excuses. You're welcome, Audible. <laughs> <laughs> the top two excuses she could give the uh, cops if she was pulled over. She could say if she pulled over, officer, it's okay. We're actually a nursery school for clowns. No, mm. no, Hello. no, no, no. Like clown it. baby college. <laughs> <laughs> Nursery clown school. Yeah. And the number one thing she could say <laughs> if pulled over. Uh, she just wanted to ride in the HOV lane. Uh, <laughs> save five She's minutes. She's doing her part for the environment. Save yeah, five minutes. Carpooling. Yeah. Um, the manatee story was really good. <laughs> yeah. She says, yeah, I'm, look, I'm, I'm just going green here. Right. I was going to, my normal means of going green is to ride a manatee, but apparently that's against the law. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for slices. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, the Royal Royal. You're listening to Pinback, not to be confused with Nickelback. Very different bands. The song is Proceed to Memory. The Royal Royal is a uh, new worship band that we're excited about. It's two brothers, Nathan and Gabriel Finocchio. They they released an EP uh, not too long ago, but just last week uh, released their, their debut full-length album called The Royalty. You can check it out at theroyalroyal.com or stores everywhere. Our very own Heather Croto recently spoke to them. Here is the Royal Royal. kind of evolve into this full-length dynamic album? Uh, what actually happened was my brother and I 
two and a half years ago, we're considering doing a uh, a worship album together. At the time, I was I was in Canada. Um, we were both at our dad's church. Gabe's still there, but I was there, and I was actually youth pastoring. And we just kind of want to write songs for our church that we liked to play. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you're playing other people's stuff, and I was just like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I like this music, but I'd like to play music that I like, and maybe the, you know stuff that I think the kids will like. And so we started to do that a bit, and then a friend of ours. Um, Joel Houston had introduced me to a guy named Matt Crocker, and he was just like, "You guys need to write together." So, so Matt actually flew to our our little town uh, from Australia, uh, and it flew out to our little town in Canada, and we started to write together. And um, so Matt just sort of was a catalyst for the Royal Royal, and in, in in one sense, like we wrote "Praise Him" together, Matt and I, uh, which has sort of been. I guess one of our, our better known songs at, the, at this venture. So what we did is we just kind of wrote and then we recorded basically the, the entire album. So we kind of did an album and then we kind of went backwards and like we released singles and then EP and now the, the full length is coming out. I give, I give my praise to you. Was it kind of a natural progression for you and Gabriel to start a band together? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so Gabe and I, you know, he's my younger brother, and we've been singing together and leading worship together since we're kids. Like, my parents are both singer-songwriters and worship leaders. Somebody told me recently, I, I'm not. This isn't a point of like I'm not trying to brag or 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 whatever point of pride, but something. Somebody told me recently. This dude, uh, his name's Paul Kelly. He's a Canadian music. Uh, concert promoter, you know, like Christian, and he said that he, my dad was like my dad got saved. You know, like he's, he's an old, he's an ex hippie, and he got saved into a charismatic church, and you know where they played guitars and drums and stuff. Well, dad, my dad like played electric guitar, so he started playing electric guitar. So like in the early seventies, my dad like used to lead worship from electric guitar, and Paul Kelly said that my dad was the first one to do it in Toronto, Canada. You know, wow. like so that's the kind of like stock that I'm from. My parents are crazy, hippie, charismatic Christians, <laughs> and they love music. So we grew up in that home. So for Gabe and I to like do a worship band, it's almost like it was like a no-brainer. So I think when we did it, everybody was just like, well, we've been waiting, waiting for this. <laughs> I was said you know you grew up in a very charismatic church do you feel like that has an impact on the type of music that you guys are writing now absolutely in several ways firstly that when you grow up in a charismatic church you're you're so exposed to like expressionism and really like you know charismatic churches i just think that you see like the world doesn't even freak you out after being raised in a charismatic church you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like you've seen all the craziest things growing up so I think that in terms of being artistically, you know, like expressive, that's really helped. As well, there's things in Charismania where 
you you're kind of reactionary you know like there's a part of Gabriel and I like it's it's interesting Gabriel and I we we actually prefer because we grew up in such charismatic regime we prefer liturgies um, we prefer like you know like less emotive preaching we we prefer that's like that's what we prefer because we're a bit reactionary you know to mm-hmm. to kind of like Pentecostal you know whatever you know like so we love theology and we we love that side of the brain that I think some in some contexts and I really believe in some of the context what we grew up in wasn't necessarily expressed so it does it, it totally you know whether whether we've been reactionary and we've, and we've really really try you know like we really really try not to be reactionary and we really really try to glean uh, from our upbringing but it definitely it totally affects you you know like completely and totally heal me Jesus heal me Phil Wickham a few months ago and I know that you guys are getting ready to go on tour with him and um, at one point we we talked about him existing in this kind of in-between spot where his music isn't typical church worship music but it's definitely still praise and I feel like you guys are kind of in that space as well Um, I mean and obviously you your home church is Hillsong and Hillsong is kind of you know like the the banner for the songs that you can sing in church do you guys intentionally try to strike a balance between making songs that can be sung in a church and ones that are just really complex and musically intricate? I think that, you know, on our album, there is a good mix of, I'd say, so like the Keith Green devotional type stuff and then some congregational stuff. So there's like, I think there's about five songs on the album. Yeah, There's a song, actually, uh, the song that Matt and I wrote, Praise Him, is actually on the New Hill song live record totally a congregational song um and then there's another one called to you which is very much in the 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 vibe of praise him and it's a congregational song and um there's a song called savior that's very congregational and uh, then there's another one that crocker and i wrote with gabe and then another guy named joel Ogier, who's an incredible writer and um it's called how wonderful and so like so churches i know churches are singing those songs that i just mentioned there's five of them like all over the place. And then there's this other stuff that you're talking about, the in-between stuff. But I would call that more, like it is praise, definitely. But I think that way, the way that Gabe and I would see it is devotional. So like Keith Green. I mean, I wish we could sing Keith Green songs all the time in church, but we can't, just like you said, just because there's like, you know, the melodies are too hard to follow. And like, and even like the, the words, you can't really sing them. Uh, they're more devotional. And so... So yeah, so I mean, we, I, I think we, we were intentional about kind of having there be two really types of songs on the records, songs that are going to be able to be sung corporately, and then songs that are absolutely, totally not able to be sung. There's a song called October on the record, definitely devotional. Yeah. There's a, a couple acoustic ditties on the, on the record um, that are, you know, definitely devotional, and there's a number of other songs. Now, hope is my 
that was the royal royal be sure to check out their brand new album the royalty at the royal royal.com You're listening to Tamarin. The song is I'm Gone. Okay, it's time for Jesse's game, which I have no idea what we're doing. Take it away. Oh, dear. This game is called (laughs) Obama, Biden, Romney, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Say that 10 times fast. As many times as I rehearsed it, I couldn't get it out in real time. Uh, So so how it works is uh, the reason that the game is titled that is because the answer to each one of the questions will either be, uh, Romney, Ryan, Biden, or Obama. All right. So pretty simple. I figured, you know, we got all these debates here. You know, uh, we're seeing these individuals on TV every night. There's all these news stories about the presidential debates and the candidates with an election coming up. So why not see, you know, this is this really a game for undecided voters is what this is. Hopefully, after listening to this game, uh, you will be more informed about the candidates and, and really decide who you would like uh, to support with your vote. So, uh, who who will be the two contestants uh, on this? Maya uh, and Calvertick. Let me guess. <laughs> okay, Cameron, will you please keep score? I absolutely will be honored. And it's it is an escalating Here's score system. I'll let you figure out on the fly. Okay, <laughs> of course. All right. So how it works is I'm going to either read a a, a quote with some co- context or uh, ask a question. You got to tell me which of those four individuals uh, is the answer to the co- correct uh, is the correct answer to the question. Pretty clear on the rules. I like it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, all right, Maya. I, Honey Boo Boo, will vote for you. You, uh, a reality star, Honey Boo Boo, recently said on an interview that she is lending her support to which candidate? President Obama. You are correct. Or as Honey Boo Boo said, Barack Obama. Oh. Oh. That's worth two points. <laughs> all right, Calvin. I, Lindsay Lohan, will be voting for. I happen to know this because I heard it on the news Big recently. Big Lohan fan? Big Lohan fan. I, I follow you, her. And by you news, follow? you mean the Lindsay Lohan gossip Tumblr site that you <laughs> Um She has said she's voting for Romney. You are correct. She did say Also that. worth two points. Hmm. Oh. All right. Like well, they get harder from here on out. So, um, All right, Maya. Which candidate at one point actually had a pet monkey? Oh, that that had to have been. I mean, B- Biden's kind of crazy. I know. <laughs> At some point, came, one of these four guys. actually owned a pet monkey. I'm thinking in college, things got weird. I'm thinking I'm going to go with Ryan. Oh. I'm sorry. The correct answer is Obama. When his family what? was growing up in oh. Indonesia, they had a pet ape named Tata. That, that would have been worth 4,000 points and a guaranteed oh. win. So, unfortunately. <laughs> so, game that continues. That would have cut the game off right there. <laughs> Calvin, only one of there. these four is an avid bow hunter. Hmm. Which one of the four candidates easy. is an avowed bow hunter? Well, I and I assume this is going to sway a lot of people's votes as well. 
because I definitely want to bow hunter in office. See, I don't know this one. Um, I'm going to guess Ryan. You are correct. Yeah, that's what I would have said. Uh, worth six points. Okay, six? I'll take it. Six points. It. Score is wow. currently eight to two. Hmm. Well, my maybe uh, maybe this will help you uh, uh, get back in the lead here because only one of the candidates used the word malarkey uh, during the recent debates. Which candidate used the word malarkey? Our very own vice president. Bunch Biden. of stuff. You are correct. Eleven points. Wow. Pulls to the lead. Thanks, babe. Thirteen to I eight. I am married to him, you know. <laughs> I All right, like to win. Calvin. Uh, <laughs> which candidate uh, claims to be able to co- to quote almost the entire movie? Oh, brother, where art thou? Really? Uh. One of the candidates can quote almost the entire movie. It's his favorite film. Oh, brother, where art thou? I'm gonna say Obama. That is Mitt Romney. Oh, uh, really? Yes. Hmm. That one also would have been worth would have been the game 4,000 points. Oh. <laughs> would have been 4,000 rand? <laughs> yeah. I could have bought a Clio. That, that would, yeah, that would have been enough if you were to translate into dollars to buy three quad skis. So <laughs> your loss. All right, Maya. Uh, can you attribute, who, which candidate can you attribute this quote to? Folks, I can tell you I've known eight presidents, three of them intimately. Oh. <laughs> Which candidate said that uh, quote? Uh, Biden said that. Yes. <laughs> one, one point. One? One point. That had intimate knowledge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Calvin. Which candidate claims to have read every Harry Potter book? Oh. Um. oh. I know I'm can I say Herman Cain? Is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Cain is not an option. Hmm. I, I, but I'm pretty sure he has. Obama. That is correct. Yes. Obama has read all of the Harry Potter books. That's what I was going to say. Uh, worth three that, points. That kid. Three points. So the, 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 the score is currently Maya has 14. Mm-hmm. Good. Calvin has 11. Oh, oh that's pretty nice. close. Yeah. Wow. You've both gotten three correct, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maya. Uh, this candidate actually once got into a physical altercation with a rapper on an airplane. Stop. To an extent so much that it caused authorities to board the plane and remove the rapper. Which candidate? I'm going to say Romney. You are right. Wow. <laughs> he was wow, on his good. way back from the Winter Olympics. Uh, when a rapper that goes by the name of Sky Blue, evidently, they're in the first class, uh, uh, pushed his seat back so hard that it hit his, his wife in the legs. They exchanged some words and things became physical. Uh, they ended up landing in Canada and Canadian authorities uh, removed Sky Blue from the plane. Uh, that was worth 14 points. You now have 28. Yes. Sky Blue sounds like... Like I think he works for the airline. He's, he's, he's like did, the yeah. airline's rapper. He's just like you know? a guy who posts rap songs on like a pure volume page. Yeah, like his his number one single is Clear Skies. Uh, sit down when the seatbelt light is. I don't know. He has long titles. It's that's my yeah. point. <laughs> All right, Calvin. Uh, uh, this candidate was being interviewed about an economic website that uh, he wanted to promote, showcasing a uh, 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 some economic policy plans. Uh, and during the interview, when asked uh, uh, where people can find this website, this is his quote, you know, I'm embarrassed. Uh, do you know the website number? I should have it in front of me, and I don't. I'm actually embarrassed. <laughs> he was looking for the website number. Right. 
Can I say Biden? You can, and you are correct. Yeah, okay. Definitely. 30 him. points. <gasps> wow. Wow. So, so real quick, the score right now is... Rude! Is, uh, Maya has 28, Calvin 41. Oh, wow. They, well, I, ha- I have... They've uh, both gotten four, four questions correct. <laughs> I have just two more questions, so... Anything uh, can it, it will be decided here momentarily. Okay, uh, Maya, it's uh-huh. your turn, right? Uh, when asked, he was doing an interview about a tax plan uh, and was asked to explain it. And this was a quote: "I don't have time. It would take too. It would take me too long to go through all of the math." <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you want to hear a candidate say, right? Yeah. What? Where was this question asked to him at? It, it was on a, on a television interview. Television. Ryan. Yes. Wow. Maya, you just won the super bonus round. You got 8,000 points and two donuts. Yay! Wow. So I I guess this one is inconsequential uh, for Calvin. Well, we don't know. There may be a triple bonus round. Yeah, or or a third donut. (laughs) Uh, And this candidate, this actually ties back to the manatee thing because uh, there's one candidate out there that is passionate about the art of noodling. Are you guys familiar with noodling? Yes. Uh, wait. What? Can you just define that for me? It is... Uh, Can you use it in the w- sentence? <laughs> <laughs> it's made popular on several reality TV shows where, where people wade out into a swamp, go underwater, oh. uh, and, and stick their hands into muddy holes underneath the water, hoping that a catfish latches onto their bare hand. So much so that when visiting Texas, he said this... And I I want to say something to you Texans, because you understand freedom, and you now legally recognize a man's right to catch a catfish with his own bare hands. Mm. Okay. I want to to bring you into my process here. I'm thinking it's either Biden or Romney. That's just where I'm... Uh, that's where I'm landing right now. Okay. So I'm trying to kind of play the odds of, of which candidate has been an answer more often. So that's what's leveraging, or that's where my decision's leaning here now. I'm going to say Romney. I'm sorry. The correct answer is Paul Ryan. Yes. Maya wins 8,028 8, to 41. And, two and I did get more right than him. Well, yeah, you answered five correct. He answered four. But you win 8,028 to 41. Congratulations, Maya. I was pretty close, though. Congrats, yeah. Maya. Thank Congratulations. you. One more round, you might have had it, Galvin. This is the kind yeah. of politics I like. Yeah. Just well, like I said, knows. these are the issues that matter. Right. That's good stuff. Noodling. No- noodling and not liking to do math. <laughs> and right. bow hunting. And uh, Yeah. Bow hunting, fighting rappers on airplanes, and reading Harry Potter. I'm just yeah. glad that I wasn't asked to use noodling in a sentence, because it would have been a different sentence. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. All right. That'll do it for the game. Stay tuned up next. Feedback. You're listening to Jason Lytle. The song is Get Up and Go, which appropriately just happened. Uh, Jesse had to leave. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> You're the best at segues, really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. It, for, that's pretty uh, good. Jesse, Jesse had to go to a doctor's appointment, so uh, he just <laughs> left the recording session, and Chad played Jason Lytle. So it's time for your feedback. 
last week we didn't ask you anything. We did a filler mini. <clears throat> Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Some, some would say brilliant. <laughs> Many would not. Uh, we did a special uh, We're we're Out of the Country episode. Uh, our last real podcast, we had actor Dermot Mulroney on the show. Uh, and we got talking about celebrity encounters. And we asked you, what was your most uh, memorable or remarkable celebrity encounter? You guys went over to that podcast episode page. You also posted on our Facebook page. And uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Your replies. There's a bunch of them, and there are a lot of really, really funny ones. So we're only going to do a couple here, but I would highly suggest going over to the podcast episode page and reading these stories. They're great. But here's a few of our favorites. Uh, Ryan Hinkle said he once caddied a golf tournament for Craig T. Nelson. Coach, oh, oh, coach. Yeah. Um, he said on the fourth hole, uh, Craig asked him if he knew who he was. and uh, He really did. He just yeah. says, uh, do you know who I am? And Ryan said, uh, yeah, and he thought he was great. And he said uh, Craig was, uh, Craig, like he's a good friend, was uh, skeptical and asked what his favorite work was. And he replied, Blades of Glory. <laughs> and he said <laughs> that he refused to talk to him the remainder of the day. <laughs> so why would he be offended by that? No. I think that's, just, that's the wrong answer. Yeah, he wants to, that you're coach. coach. Or like... I, see, I would have said poltergeist. Ah. Because he was the dad in poltergeist. He was. And yeah. I was able to see that accidentally as a child and forever scarred by it. But he reminded me when I saw that at the age of five-ish of my dad at the time. So much so that now when I see Craig T. Nelson on Parenthood, I'm reminded of my dad. Mm. A little inside in the Calvin's corner. Okay, everybody. <laughs> a little therapy right there. Yeah, okay. John Scott said he saw Jesse Carey in a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> but he didn't say anything because he was too nervous. I, I would be too. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Finn's uh, saw the soup Nazi ones. Okay, that's Sweet. cool. I would, yeah, I would have been. Neat. But this one is the craziest story because I identify with it and I feel his pain. Bump Galetta. It's only one paragraph, so I'm just going to read it. Derek Jeter asked me to get up and leave him alone. <laughs> okay, here he goes. Would. I was walking around Tampa's International Mall getting some coffee when I saw Derek Jeter and some other baseball players sitting at a table outside a coffee shop. I tried to be sneaky-like and snap an iPhone picture. Derek saw me and called me out. He says, if you're going to take a picture, why don't you just come sit with us? So I did. (laughs) I went and sat with them at their table. That's amazing. They all stared at me. And then Derek (laughs) Jeter informed me he wasn't serious and for me to move along quickly but in a more PG-13 kind of way. And then he ends it by saying, I also gave Andrew WK a hug once. (laughs) I want to hang out with Bump Galetta. (laughs) Oh, that's that's horrible. Hey, if you're taking pictures, why don't you just join us? Okay. Okay. (laughs) And he walks over and sits down. (laughs) That's impressive. (laughs) That's That's that's, impressive. I've taken some iPhone pictures, uh, you know, recently. (laughs) I don't think, hey, maybe... (laughs) <laughs> I'll go sit down with them. That's great. That's crazy. All right, so that'll do it for your uh, feedback. If you want to read the rest, head over to the podcast episode page from two weeks ago. Now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier, <laughs> Jesse's not on the podcast right now, so we could do this. So, <laughs> so earlier, uh, Jesse was talking about all the uh, get, uh, world records he was setting in his house. Got us thinking... I think we should toss them a few. I think uh, we should ask the listeners to suggest records that that we challenge Jesse to set 
In his house. In his house, yeah. <laughs> house records. Yeah. So send us yours at the uh, podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com or tweet us at Relevant Podcast or post them on our Facebook page. And uh, I don't know, we'll, ha- we'll, we'll, have, we'll have maybe Dana document them or something. We'll have to post, that would be great. post the challenges. This would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Records that you want to challenge Jesse to set for his house. Right. He mentions like staying on one leg in each room. <laughs> He he ate uh, eighteen eggs once in his kitchen. So help us think of records that we should challenge Jesse to set, and he'll do them. And maybe he will. We, yes, we will obligate officially on the podcast <laughs> obligate Jesse to do them. Uh, actually, what we should do is we should, out of all the submissions, pick three mm-hmm. that he has to do. So we will pick three that he has to do while recording the podcast next week, <laughs> while recording them. Right. Okay. Well. We'll read our favorite song next week's show. Yeah. Well, thanks to the Royal Royal for joining us. Make sure to check out their new album called The Royalty, which just came out and is available everywhere. Wait, so let me, walk me through this process. So when they start getting money from selling this album, <laughs> they're gonna they're basically gonna get a, a a royalty check for the royalty made out to the Royal Royals. <laughs> that is correct. They're gonna have to go to the bank and be like, "No, I swear this is legitimate. This is not a joke." <laughs> Cash this check, please. <laughs> the Royal Bank of Scotland right, is yeah. the issuing bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. And many thanks to our new sponsor, audible.com. Specifically, you need to go and get your free audiobook. Like everyone gets a free audiobook? No. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash relevant, you get a free audiobook. Audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Tons of tons of great books. So check them out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. New releases like uh, Brian McLaren. He was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. His new book's on there. So yeah. go get it. Hey, take advantage of free stuff. Heck yeah. Sweet. Yeah. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I am the haunted man. Jesse Carey is off at the doctor getting noodled. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Whispers in the dark. Steal a kiss and you'll break your heart. Pick up your clothes and curl your toes. Learn your lesson. Leave me home. Spare my Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. This isn't, you know, a Soviet bloc country. Sorry, I thought we could ride manatees.